Hello, hello. Michael, so good to hear your voice. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's been a while since our, our, our last uh, podcast. Yeah, last week I had to take uh, a Thursday off because uh, a, new, a new Mordanga child was coming into the world, my son Timothy. Yeah, very true. And, you know, it's, you know, it's about a week and we've already indoctrinated him into the cult of Dreamcast and, um, you know, all things bottom shelf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wakes up to Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then and he'll, he'll go to bed to the Teenage Mutant Ninja live action TV series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And he already loves the Dragon Prince more than Avatar mm-hmm. the Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And I've also trained him to if you if you say Power Rangers, he'll cry, but if you say VR Troopers, he'll giggle. Yeah, he'll clap. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty adorable. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um uh, although my favorite thing is if you show him a um a pouch of uh Capri Sun, he'll get mm-hmm. angry and throw it across the room. Mm-hmm. But if you if you give him a uh you know just like a, a nice little pouch of Kool-Aid jammers, mm-hmm. he's all about that. Oh yep. Mm-hmm. Six days old and he can already say tang, please. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you try to give him a Snickers bar, he, he knows to throw that right on the ground. He right. much prefers paydays. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I've had to buy him formula and Oh yeah. We have to decide, is Enfamil the, uh, the top shelf, or is Similac the top shelf? <laughs> Mike, as much as I'm here for the formula chat, I have no idea. <laughs> See, I, I don't know either. I don't know which one is like the underdog that deserves our love. Um, I just kind of feel like Enfamil is kind of like the Tony Hawk of the formulas. <laughs> and, right, right. Yep, and maybe uh, Similac is... Is the Andy McDonald? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> you know what? All, all I know, all I know is uh, whatever the brand is with the baby on it, Gerber or whatever. Yes. That's the top shelf for everything. That's all. Oh I got, my man. gosh! I I've been looking to dethrone that and and Fisher Price. <laughs> um. <laughs> I am Melissa and Doug all the way. <laughs> um, what? So, like, obviously, Babies R Us, um, at least here in the United States, um, mm-hmm. is it now, has it gone from top shelf to bottom shelf because it doesn't exist here? Uh, I think it might be in Canada or it might be disintegrated altogether. Man. Um, all I know is that if it is in Canada, then that makes me want to visit it. 10 times more just to see how they're doing. Right, right. Yeah. Just like how there's a blockbuster in Alaska. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would love to walk through those and take out a few movies. Right. Well, I heard you can, um, you could rent it through Airbnb. Mm hmm. And you can do, you could do like a whole like 90s sleepover situation. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd I'd fly to Alaska just for that. I mean that that should sound like a cruise uh, giveaway that we do. 
<laughs> right. An all expense tra- paid trip to a blockbuster. Yeah. Speaking of movie franchises going out of business, did you hear that Family Video is going under too? Oh, Family Video. Well, first of all, we live in a world where Blockbuster didn't survive Family Video. We're <laughs> <laughs> a weird world. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That just sounds like uh, uh, an imaginary world we created. No, hundred percent. Yeah, and. Uh, but then again, I have to say that like Family Video is way more aggressive in their their pricing. Yeah, when it, when it comes to like giving away their DVDs, like uh, I remember the days when uh, Blockbuster had the three for nine dollar deals or the right, and and you knew you were getting like Tremors three, <laughs> uh, you, you were getting like Blade five, like there was <laughs> nothing really good, but. I mean, the price was just too good that you were losing money if you didn't take <laughs> take out right. the deal. Yeah, I I still have movies that I have yet to enjoy from the uh, from the blockbuster deal. But family or family video had like, I mean, they they give you stuff. They're like, oh, you know, we have this old Wonder Woman uh, DVD <laughs> set. Do you want it? It's it's free with. Uh, the copy of a Born Identity you just bought for a nickel. <laughs> and here's the tub of popcorn for free. Yeah, right, right. So yeah. it's gotten to the point at Family Video where you can just take a DVD off the rack and say, can I have this? <laughs> and they're like, you still have a DVD player? Take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't know what to do with it. You, you take <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, good stuff. And uh, you know, it's a it's a shame, man. You know, like the uh, the memories I have of you know renting video games on weekends and you know getting Teenage Mutant into Turtles two, Mystery of of the Ooze. Like, yeah, you know those are those are all going away, and that's pretty sad. Right. So, um, one more bunny trail. Yeah, this perfect. Was blo- this was Blockbusters. Last ditch effort to get, find its way into our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it did this, you know, fifteen dollars a month. You could take out one video game, and this was before PS4. Um, and you could play it for as long as you wanted, and then you could, you know, trade it out for another video game. They were trying to go against GameFly, um, which was great. Until you realized that your Blockbuster only had like five to ten PS3 games. And uh, like two months would go by and that selection wouldn't change. So right. I, was, I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I just played uh, TNA uh, Wrestling. Uh, my, my other choice is, uh, you know, Frogger Anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Or do I want, um, you know, this, you know, half, half broken copy? Yeah, that's the other thing. They were used copies, so. Right. Um, a fallout. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I can't believe stuff like, you know, Gamefly, because Gamefly doesn't exist anymore, or it does in a very it- limited capacity. Like, Blockbuster doesn't exist. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like, 
things like Game Pass, like Xbox's Game Pass, or right, um, uh, you know, just stuff on Steam or whatever. It just doesn't feel the same, man. Like you just mm-hmm. you click a couple buttons, play a couple games, and absolutely, know, it doesn't. It's there's 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 no anticipation, you know, like right. You know, you're, your family drives up to that family video in their wood paneled <laughs> minivan, and yes. you know you you're given a nickel, and you you walk in there, and you find just you know a new copy a copy of Bomberman EX, and you know you get in the car, and you know you're just you're just so excited all the way home, and you're right, you looking right. at it, and you read it, and then you get mm-hmm. home, and then you know you pop it into your PlayStation Two, and it's scratched, and it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what you probably mean is Gamefly shouldn't exist, but it does. Oh, does it? Yes. And it's it's amazing. You can still get movies. You can still oh. get games. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember when you could get Game Boy Advanced and DS games sent through the mail. Oh, that's sick. I'm hoping you could still do that. Just... Just for uh, the joy. Uh, now, the oldest... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe you can. You can get PSP movies and games through Game Whoa. Boy. Oh, and Whoa. Game Boy Advance. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. Perfect. So, if you have a hankering for, um, I don't know, Jet Grind Radio Advanced, or, you know, um, WWE WrestleMania 19 for the Nintendo GameCube, <laughs> You know, there's still options for you out there. Gamefly's for you. Yep. Um, man, Gamefly's just got to be a laundering front by now. Yeah. I, for some reason, I just don't feel like they're making more than $100 a week. There's no way. Yeah. It's just one dude in a giant warehouse. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of stamps. A lot of stamps. He's he's single-handedly keeping the post office alive. (laughs) God bless that man. God bless that man, and God bless Gamefly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mike, we should get into the podcast. Yeah, yeah. so if you thought this was a blockbuster over Family Dollar, you're wrong. Um... Right, because we we know that that episode would be Dollarama over Dollar Store. (laughs) Yes. Um... Yeah, this this episode is all about X-Men and all about a little show that came on the scene 2019 called uh, Umbrella Academy, which is a spinoff of Resident Evil's Umbrella Corp. It's about pharmacies. (laughs) I I desperately wish that was true. (laughs) Right. Nope, that is not true. That is not true at all. <laughs> and in fact, um, I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm going to tell Let's you about it, Umbrella Academy. But first, I need to read these lyrics, and you need to tell me where this song came from. Okay. Um, well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. I never want to let you down or have you go. It's better off this way. For all the dirty looks, for photographs your boyfriend took. Remember when you broke your foot from jumping out the second floor? I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. You wear me out. Um, I recognize that completely as a 
like a mid two thousands like really angsty rock song. Yes. But I, I can't I cannot place the artist. I'm not okay. <laughs> you wear me out. My <laughs> chemical romance. There and it is. You, I knew it was MCR. And you know the lead singer of that is Gerard Way. Correct, correct. The number one love interest of fanfic goth. <laughs> um and, and also, hot topic spokesman. Yeah, the, pretty much uh he probably is allowed to go into Spencer's gifts and pick out anything he wants for free. Right. He just has to point at it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, a man whose eyeshadow budget probably is bigger than my grocery budget. <laughs> and would you believe he created the series The Umbrella Academy? Um, I mean, I, I, if you'd held me at gunpoint and said that i would probably hazard a guess at no but as we know sometimes Mm -hmm. truth is stranger than fiction right right adam if i put you in uh a chair that could it was hanging over spike pits and i said you know this one question will kill you or save you did the lead singer of my chemical romance write an x-men kind of (laughs) spin-off You'd be like, easy, no. And then, <laughs> and then you'd die. <laughs> All right. Well, it's true. Gerard Way, re- writer and founder of My Chemical Romance, wrote a, a graphic novel called Umbrella Academy. Then Steve Blackman, a, can- a national Canadian hey. and TV showrunner, made it... Uh, Work on TVs around the world. And here is the other, the other bomb. Jeremy Slater, the producer of the most recent Fantastic Four movie and Death Note movie, is the one who produced it. Now, is that a positive credit or a bad credit? Well, here's the thing. If I put you over that same spike chair and I said the producer of Fantastic Four and the live-action Death Note which is very whitewashed, if I said, does anything good come from that man? True? (laughs) Yes or no? (laughs) You would also probably die, hazarding a guess no. You're right. Everything that man has ever done, TV, his (laughs) real life, his personal life, nothing good has come from him. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You... If you think this is a Jeremy Slater hate podcast, you you're it's not. In <laughs> fact, Jeremy, we're gonna we're gonna build you up. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna give you a, a virtual hug. Yeah. In fact, we're we're gonna live in a world where Jeremy Slater replaces the Russo brothers. And uh they're the ones making bad Fantastic Four remakes. Love it. Yes. So um Umbrella Academy was greenlit by Netflix 2017. First, it was uh, it was optioned off to Universal Pictures, um, but they said no. You know, they probably said we don't need another superhero thing. Those things aren't going to sell, right? Um, but Netflix is like, sure, we'll take it. And it came out 2019. First season got 45 million viewers. The second season came out in 2020, 
and I am two episodes into it, and I love it. Um, just a little background story. We have Klaus, Vanya, Luther, Diego, Allison, Ben, and number five. They're adopted children with superpowers by a Reginald Hargreaves, an eccentric billionaire that helps them sharpen their skills as crime fighters, often with torturous methods that would get the CPA, the Child Protective Agency, on the phone. But as they grow up, they learn to cope with their weird celebrity lifestyle as crime fighters and the horrible childhood they had. Meanwhile, a dark, shadowy organization from the 60s and the eventual end of the world loom over their heads. Now, Adam, I need you to get out your X-Men bingo board. Oh, boy. All right. Um, on your X-Men bingo board, do you have world-ending disasters? Check. All right. Do you have time travel? That's a big old check. Yep. Do you have talking monkeys? Does Beast count? Yes. Check. All right. Do you have uh, android moms? Um, do killer robots count? I, I, you know, they're a little bit mothering, maybe a bit helicoptery. Uh, sure. Okay. Check. Do you have assassins with bad haircuts and witty banter? That I know we have in spades. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, do you have villains that dress like they're running the Hunger Games? Michael, I dare you to find a man that looks better in a cape than Magneto. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have storylines, drama, and romance that go out of hand and twist and go in all sorts of weird directions? Michael, I see your twisted storylines and raise you three different movie franchises with interwoven stories written by different people in different studios. Oh my gosh. All involving uh, the love interest, the Phoenix, I know. Unfortunately. Yes. Um, and I don't think X-Men have betrayal at all. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it, unless you count the feelings of betrayal of the audience as they leave you another terrible X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh you sound like another person who saw new mutants <laughs> yeah uh you know um i should invent something called movie pairings uh-huh basically it's movies that don't look so bad when you watch them aside next to another movie right um i'm gonna say and this has all been figured out through going to the drive-in um, when you watch Sonic the Hedgehog next to Trolls 2 World Tour, <laughs> um, Sonic the Hedgehog... Trolls World looks Tour looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog looks cleverly written. That's all I'm going to say. And, and when you watch New Mutants next to Bill and Ted Face the Music, um, New Mutants feels like uh, Shawshank Redemption. Dang, what a shot at Bill and Ted. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't in the right mindset. Well, were you going in there thinking you were going to get another green mile? Uh, I mean, I was hoping. <laughs> you know, I was going in there thinking I was getting 90s Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, as long as you weren't thinking you were going to get like Moonlight or something. No, no. <laughs> I at least wanted a young sounding Keanu Reeves and I did not get that. And it like came, Point Break? 
Yeah, it it painted the whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dang, that is very unfortunate. Yes. So we have this show called Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, in a world that hungers after a miniseries based on graphic novels. Um, where we have directors going from door to door asking for anyone's leftover indie stories. Right. Um, I have to say that Umbrella Academy just knocked it out of the park. And I, I don't even understand why, because if you want um, diverse mutant children that fight battles, I'd say go to X-Men. If you want uh, weird sci-fi tropes, I'd say go to Doom Patrol. Uh, but there's something about Umbrella Academy that brings both of those together and does them excellently. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know that I'm supposed to be the ardent X-Men supporter, but, you know, I just I love both these franchises so, so much. But, you know, Umbrella Academy definitely has um, that charm and that accessibility that maybe some of the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff just don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be pretty intimidating for somebody new to kind of come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, you know, have someone not be motion sick watching Man of Steel. Right. Um, but, but um, you know, when you watch Umbrella Academy, you know, you don't have to sit through 20 movies, half of which are, you know, kind of snore fests. And right. you don't have to get motion sick watching whatever Zack Snyder's doing. Right. And you absolutely... Don't have to go into, let's say you're going into, uh, what's that Amazon Prime thing? The Boys. The Boys, right. Uh, the Boys is just trying to, it's just trying to gross you out and, um, you know, and try to be all mature and F-bomb dropping. Right, right. Uh, and and that's, that's hard to sit through, but right. you, don't, you don't get that so much with the Umbrella Academy. Like, right, and... Yeah, and you don't have the uh, the headaches and political commentary of, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 great, you know, it's 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 bite sizable, it's entertaining, and you know, it's 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 good. It's just uh, it's better than it has any right to be, and uh, it's truly an enjoyable watch. Right. And that's why I have to give uh, the Umbrella Academy my. My seal of approval. Right, right. Mm-hmm. 100%. Bottom shelf dream approved. Yep. Which brings us to your redheaded stepchild. <laughs> um, Mike, I, I gotta say, um, X-Men is after, you know, after Spider-Man, X-Men were probably my, uh, my favorite comic book stories to read growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved... I love the stories of Professor Xavier. I love the stories of uh, Magneto and Wolverine and Iceman and all the guys and girls. And um, you know, so this this episode was was tough for me. I know I have this this new love of Umbrella Academy, um, but you know, X Men X Men has you know become harder to live with recently. But uh, to get to the more recently, we got to get to the beginning. So X Men uh, started appearing in American comic books, uh, written by um, just a, a couple of dudes named Jack Kirby and Stanley. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Michael. 
Ah, um, the who's who. Yeah, you know, just a couple of nobodies. Yeah. Um, X-Men number one came out in September 1963. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of the most recognizable and successful franchises in, in Marvel cinematic history. And also mm-hmm. in terms of their comics, TV shows, and video games. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, all the media kind of is based around this school, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. And they're all led by this man uh, named uh, Charles Xavier. And Charles Xavier is this powerful mutant who um, has these telekinetic powers and he can, um, but he's bound to a wheelchair. So he's got like these, he's got like this kind of pacifist way of interacting with the world. And, um, and he, uh, and he, 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 he tries to, to create harmony between humans and mutants. And that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest running story in, in, in X-Men. So, um, all the X-Men are, are, are mutants and they're, uh, considered a subspecies of human, uh, with these abilities that are activated by like an, an X gene, that's why they're called X-Men. Um, <laughs> and you know, the story came out in the, in the sixties uh, where there were a lot of political and racial tension. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the storylines uh, would focus around um, the fight for peace and equality between, you know, quote-unquote normal humans and mutants in a world where um, anti-mutant bigotry was, was fierce and widespread. And, you know, it was, it was very much a, a way for... Um, Marvel Comics to to talk about race without necessarily talking about it on the nose. Mm, um, yes, and, and and really that's what that's what makes X Men first. It kind of brought that conversation into the world without, um, you know, being you know without being too risque, without you know pushing mm-hmm. too many buttons. You know, it, it created a, a lot of good conversations, and you know we we owe a lot of. Uh, representation in media to to X Men. There's a there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of firsts in uh, in X Men history, and um, you know, and even with social issues, especially you know African American rights, religious religious and non religious groups, uh, Muslims, people with autism, um, mm-hmm. they're all represented uh, wonderfully in uh, in X Men, and you know, all throughout. Uh, X X Men, you, you just see you just see the fingerprints of of people that are disenfranchised coming together to to, to fight for what's good. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know that. Uh, so Professor Xavier is um, you know kind of on the side of quote unquote good, um, he, and he's kind of uh, his foil is uh, his arch nemesis and sometimes best friend Magneto. Who's another powerful mutant who can control magnetic fields and has the greatest cape, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. known to mankind. And he he has a uh, a group of people called the Brotherhood of Mutants, and um, they both have these opposing views and philosophies regarding kind of the relationship between mutants and humans. And um, and Magneto is is more of a I don't know I guess you could say he's he's more of a, a Malcolm X to Professor X's um, Martin mm-hmm. Luther King Jr., where he 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 firmly believes that. Mutants need to fight for their place in, um, you know, in the world, and you know the the world isn't gonna hand over peace to them. That they have to take it by force, and you know sometimes the the line kind of blurs between who's right and who's wrong. That's that's what part of 
what makes X-Men uh, really fascinating because, you know, sometimes you find yourself aligned with the bad guy and not many mm-hmm. comics can do that successfully. And it's all um, anchored and explored in Magneto's past. Um, he grew up um, as a, a young Jewish man who uh, was put in an internment camp during World War II. So a lot of his his philosophies were based on his experience at the hands of the Nazis, and you know you can't really you can't really blame someone for responding that way after they had that experience growing up. Mm-hmm. Um. So that you know that's kind of the groundwork for X Men, and um. But uh, there's there's so so much media out there to cut to try and compare it to Umbrella Academy. So I went for something uh, close as possible to the Umbrella Academy. I mean, sure, there were, um, there's a bunch of TV shows for X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some newer stuff on TV. Um, X, uh, probably some that have gotten canceled. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, X-Men First Class is kind of where I found the, the most sort of similarities. So um, you know, that, that franchise of, of, of movies... Uh, came out started in 2011, and it you know it stars um, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Professor Xavier and Magneto respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also uh, stars uh, uh, Rose Byrne, January Jones, Oliver Platt, Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. um, and uh, many others. And it's um, it's kind of like a, an origin story to uh, the X-Men and the X-Men universe. And it kind of serves as a, a, a prequel to a lot of the, the X-Men movies. Um, and, you know, the plot um, pretty much follows, you know, kind of the origin of the X-Men. Um, but much like Umbrella Academy, it, uh, it kind of focuses on Professor Xavier um, collecting a group of uh, talented mutants and uh, training them and, and teaching them how to use their powers, including Hake McCoy, who uh, becomes Beast, but he kind of has the same sort of chimpanzee powers as uh, mm-hmm. certain characters in Umbrella Academy. And uh, so the so Professor X wants them to uh, kind of be a force of good for humanity, and he decides to help out the, the U.S. government during the Soviet uh, missile crisis, uh, so it also takes place, you know, in, in kind of the the same time period as, um, you know, the Umbrella Academy, and you know, dealing, you know, dealing with a uh, a secret organization uh, called the Hellfire Club, um, who uh, is on the side of uh, Magneto, whose uh, uh, members include. Azizel, Riptide, Salvador, Mystique, um, and uh, the Hellfire Club kind of eventually turns into the Brotherhood of, of Mutants. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it, it, it hits all the same tent posts as uh, Umbrella Academy, and I think that's why you know that that story is is kind of where we're we're gonna stay home for a bit as we talk about right. X Men versus Umbrella Academy. When whenever a family of superhuman powered people come together to live in a mansion, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to fight a Nazi, a communist, or <laughs> um, a rival gang. <laughs> Always. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and uh, what kind of sets the tone for uh, this one over the other ones is it's um, it's a lot less camp than the original X Men trilogy. I don't know if you've if you've gone back and watched them, but they feel very early two thousands. Um, and much like Umbrella Academy, uh, First Class is kind of more like realistic and gritty, and mm-hmm. um, it's 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 good. You you don't feel as disappointed as when you walk out of x or wolverine origins or whatever right right <laughs> the, the transition from mm-hmm. um this that was the hardest one um the who's the 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 actor of xavier in the early 2000s uh that would sir be patrick. sir patrick stewart yeah you have sir patrick stewart and then it's switched over to james mcavoy and my mm-hmm. brain is always trying to tell me that that's not james mcavoy that that's harry potter <laughs> Dan- um, or Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. It's 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 trying to say, oh yeah, that that movie with Daniel Radcliffe as and I always have to say, nope, that's James McAvoy. <laughs> Do not lump the British together. They um, don't all look the same. Yes, right. And so um I was always afraid that like um Sir Patrick Stewart could not be topped because he his his whole skeletal system was made after <laughs> Professor Xavier. Yeah, it looks like when he was born, his mom was like, make him Professor Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> he was just dropped right into a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, you know, even Sir Ian McKellen, who plays Magneto, looks mm-hmm. bang on right. uh, for the role. Mm-hmm. And who can forget huge Jackman? I mean, he... As much right. as Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, as much as you know, um, you know Christian Bale is Batman. Uh, he uh, huge Jackman is Wolverine, right? And the fact that they'll ever try to even to bump one more Wolverine out with someone different just feels wrong. It does feel wrong. Mm-hmm. But if they do, they should do Henry Cavill. Just saying. Yep. Um, there, there's so many, there's so many good theories about who the next Wolverine should be. Um, but everyone knows the third Wolverine should be the last one. <laughs> Amen to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Logan was such a great movie and, um, you know, I, I didn't want to kind of lump Logan in with this because it, it's such a different movie right. from all of it. And even from Umbrella Academy, it's like. It's just one of those movies that are like standalone, almost like Joker, where it kind mm. of transcends the comic book genre, and it's like it's it's not comic book because like, inherently comic books are camp, right? Like it's mm-hmm. they're supposed to be ridiculous, they're supposed to be fun, you know, they're supposed to be a bit of reality, but not too much. And and Logan kind of goes beyond that. So mm-hmm. you know, when we trash X Men, know that we're not trashing Logan because Logan yeah. is Logan is special. So here's something that'll probably open up a can of worms, but mm. without the X-Men, right. there are no memorable females in the Marvel universe. You um, think so? I think, I think like Captain Marvel, I mean, she started off as a guy, right? And then they kind of gender switched it. So um, in... you can kind of put her as a late entry, but like when you think of females... Was she a... Was she a dude in the yeah, Marvel like, Cinematic Universe? 
Yeah, like there was a the Captain Marvel used to be like a a guy. Wild. Yeah, so they kind of gender swapped that later on. Um, but like when you brought up like, oh, you know, can you think of any females in the Marvel universe? I mean, of course you'll say She-Hulk, but then you'll say Storm, Phoenix, Jubilee, Psylocke. Um, I mean, you might you might go to Black Widow. I don't know. She might not have been that popular before the movies. Yeah, I like Wasp. Yeah, um, I don't know Sue Storm. Right, but like I don't know. Maybe I stand alone in this one. But like, <laughs> um, whenever well, I mean, like, you say, yeah, go ahead. Think of Marvel females. I always go to the X Men. I feel like they're the ones that carried it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, you also have to think about like at the time period when it came out. You know, like in the sixties, like it was. I- I'm sure that they got a lot of backlash if they like try to mm-hmm. put like female characters forward. Um, but I mean, I- you could say the same for DC. Like outside of Wonder Woman. Like, if you're not really a fan, like, who who are you going to? That's true. In fact, the thing about DC is you could say you shouldn't know anyone outside of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. <laughs> right, right. And until, like, the last two years. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, I mean, I, I guess recently the with the movies, I think people are more familiar with uh, like Gamora and mm-hmm. Black Widow and, you know, Wasp and, you know, you know, Captain Marvel and Shuri and stuff like that. But, you know, that's definitely more of a, a recent thing. Like, you had to be pretty hardcore right. to get down that list, you know, even right. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a that's an argument you'd have with comic book guy. Right. No, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's why X-Men has always been so great is because they weren't afraid of, of representation and they weren't afraid of, you know, telling s- real stories. And, you know, they, they dealt, you know, there were storylines with, um, you know, the, the drug crisis in the, mm-hmm. in the nineties. And, um, you know, they, they dealt a lot with racism and they dealt a lot with, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just every social issue that you could think of, um, you know, Marvel comics went to X-Men to, you know, right. to, to talk about it and to commentate on it. And yes, it was for sure through the lens of adult white dudes, but you know, you got to give, you got to give credit where credit's due. And there right. were not a whole lot of comics that were trying to do that. Right. Well, as they, as they say in the, the Stan Lee, um, the documentary, you know, America would create the problem and Stan Lee would solve it. <laughs> and that was uh, his kind of, that's what he would. That's what he spent his writing his comics. They're like, oh, there's a drug problem. Here's how Spider Man solves that. Right, right. You know, here's a here's how we uh, work on segregation. Here's how we work on um, this. For sure, and mm-hmm. you know, I got to say, the world has gotten a lot worse since Stanley passed away. So I'm saying, I'm not saying there's a correlation, <laughs> but I'm hinting at it. <laughs> You know, I do hear that um, when the minute he closed his eyes for the last time, um, mm-hmm. COVID like ran through the funeral and said, I'm free. <laughs> I mean, so we'll have to look into that. Citation needed. Yes. <laughs> well, 
anyways, we can move on to um, the other the other portion, and this is where I try to attempt to tell you why Umbrella Academy is amazing and awesome and why it deserves uh, a spot in your heart, on the bottom shelf of your heart. Right. And I'm going to go with this, number one. Umbrella Academy is not about fight scenes. So whenever you get a bunch of super-powered dudes together, um, it's almost... You, you can't really define them until they get into like a gang fight or a street fight or they're going through a power plant punching dudes and um, to stop something. But Umbrella Academy proves that you don't have to be about uh, the fight scenes. The show has its peppering of gun battles, major standoffs and fist fights. You know, it wouldn't be cool without them, but they don't define the show. And what truly moves the characters is uh, their relationships and their dialogue and how everyone has like a backstory. And it almost feels like every character could be in a standalone series. Like I would, I would watch a show just about how Luther uh, survived on the moon and how he got where he got. Um, I would definitely watch a show about number five um, in his time traveling ways. So um, I have to give my I have to tip my hat to Gerard Way because his original intention was to portray a messed up family just trying to survive some very messed up sci-fi tropes, and I have to say that uh, Jeremy Slater and Steve Blackman uh, they they nail it perfectly. Um, they they do it in a way where you know you don't have to make it like rated R f bomb this f bomb that, um, right? You know corruption corruption corruption. Um, but still in a way that is entertaining the heck out of everyone who watches it. Um, and if you think it's all about like soap opera dynamics, well, you got the season finale of season one, which was like total, total fan service for end of the world apocalypse. Um, stop the OP superhero from destroying the world. Um, and then it just, it does what every superhero team up does well. And, goes back to the 60s to fight whatever problems the 60s were having. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have any problems then. Right. Yeah, I, I really feel like um, you can't bring five kids together uh, without dealing with a problem in the 60s. <laughs> right, like, right. It's impossible. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, you know, you, you gotta... Nothing goes better with crime fighting than Art Deco. Right, right. In the suede pants. My gosh. <laughs> so sticky. Yes. So sweaty. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the other thing that really works for the Umbrella Academy, number two, is the bizarre factor. Mm -hmm. um, we love, you know, when things get weird. We love when things are unpredictable. And I feel like uh, the Umbrella Academy did it in such a way where it wasn't like like destructive to the plot, but did it in such a way where it's, you know, it's eye candy and ear candy. Um, like, I love how season two starts with, um, you know, each member going into a different year in the 60s, and then it breaks out into this Soviet Cold War invasion. Um, and you're like, man, I hope they explain that. But, you know, thank you for that surprise. Um, on top of that, you get like talking monkeys. Uh, robotic android moms, time travel, 
Um, that weird evil organization where everyone has awful hair and they look like they're from the Hunger Games. Um, you get overly dramatic characters. Um, and it, it, it kind of feels like someone watched The Incredibles and then read three volumes of Doom Patrol and then they came out with this. Right, and then chugged like four Red Bulls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this, each page is dedicated to a can of Red Bull of the script. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and I really think that's the staying factor of Umbrella Academy. Um, when they introduce a weirdo or, or some strange phenom- phenomenon, you know they're not going to let you down, and you know they're gonna, it's going to pay off in a big way. And I like it when a show has stuff that I can't predict. Yeah, no, and, and that's, that's hard to come by these days. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'll go off. You know, I don't. I don't want to get off in a tangent. Um, yeah, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, God forbid. But you know, they tried to be bizarre and weird, and Bill and Ted faced the music, and it just didn't work for me. <laughs> I I pined for the boredom that New Mutants brought to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Anyways. My third and best is Klaus. Klaus is funny. He's amazing. He's a character that I would get behind way more than I'd get behind Deadpool. I'm so sorry, Deadpool. Uh, You're good for a few laughs. You're good for a few chimichanga jokes. And you know how to do a backflip. But Klaus, I don't even really remember what his superpowers are. I always have to be reminded. And I still love him as an X-Men character, that more than I love you. So, <laughs> so Klaus um, is kind of this, this uh, alcoholic drug deal kind of a guy, but he, he's like also like this character that suffers all the time. Uh, he always feels sorry for himself, but he does it in a way that's comedic. Um, and he's overly dramatic. And everything he says is either a joke or it's, it's either something that makes you want to cry. So um, imagine Nightcrawler in Depression had a baby. And you get Klaus. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. So, he, yeah, he steals the show. If you, if you took out the fight scenes but doubled the Klaus scenes, I don't think anyone would be disappointed. Amen to that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I can't add anything further to that. <laughs> All right. So perhaps you can tell us why we shouldn't go goo-goo over these X-Men. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be tough, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really love X-Men, but there's a couple of, there's a couple of glaring flaws that we, that we really need to talk about. Right. And the first and foremost is there's just too many X-Men, man. There, mm-hmm. if you could think of a power, they probably exist. And, right. Um, let me just tell you some of the weirdest X Men. Um, have you heard of a a dude named Beak? <laughs> no, I have not. Well, imagine a human with a beak. <laughs> Done. And his mutation, um, 
gives him avian traits, including lightweight hollow bones, feathers that enable brief flight, and of course, a big beak. (laughs) (laughs) He's essentially a giant human bird. He's Big Bird. (laughs) Yeah. I think someone drew a bird poorly, and he justified it as an X-Men. Right? Yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, there's uh, this other dude named Glob Herman. Uh, <laughs> like him already. His mutation uh, gives him a see-through wax coating that exposes the entirety of his innards. Uh, the wax means he is super flammable. And uh, uh, he has kind of um, just a weird condition that makes him stand out like a sore thumb. And he kind of you know, um, I don't know. He just kind of is there, and he's—I mean, he—he he has you know some super strength and durability and speed and um stuff like that. But uh, Glob is—you know—he's kind of a—he's a—he's a weird dude. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great personality, I hear. Fantastic personality. Um, let's see. We'll we'll go we'll go um we'll go one more. Um, <laughs> um. Mike, have you heard of uh, an X-Men named Gold Balls? <laughs> I, I believe you are quoting the Rick and Morty show. No. Um, <laughs> there's a dude named Gold Balls. Um, <laughs> what year was he made? Uh, no idea. I don't have a timetable on it. Uh, but he, he looks pretty recent. Um, <laughs> uh, so his... <laughs> um, so he produces gold spheres from his body, and he can <laughs> yes. shoot them around in any direction that he wants. Right. And that's it. He just, he shoots people with golden balls. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that's all I got. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's, there's, too many, there's too many mutants. There, there, I mean, it, it makes sense, like, if there was truly mutation... That means there could be an unlimited amount of mutants, but man, some of them are really scraping the bottle, the bottom oh. of the barrel. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we live at the bottom and we still wouldn't invite these people in. Yeah. If you've given us a million guesses or tries at creating mutants, I don't think we would ever get to gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's a promise of our show. No matter how bad things get, we'll never get to gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, here's hoping we never get to that. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. You know, I think those guys might be considered for the Great Lakes Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Rust Belt Avengers. Yes. <laughs> mm. Um so keeping with the trend, um of too many, uh, too many mutants. Um, X Men, the movies. Uh, it's it's incredibly hard to keep track of what movie we're talking about. Um, there's there's probably almost as many uh, films as there are X Men in existence. <laughs> Starting in two thousand, we have X Men, X Two, X Men: The Last Stand in two thousand six, X Men Origins Wolverine. Even though we already had an origin from him. X-Men First Class. The Wolverine 2013. X-Men Days of Future Past. Deadpool. X-Men Apocalypse 2016. Logan, we love you. Deadpool (laughs) 2. (laughs) Dark Phoenix. 
And last but not least, the New Mutants, which dropped in 2020. Yeah, it dropped, um, all right. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, the hit rate on, on their movies is not great. X-Men, the first X-Men movie, I'll, we'll give it a pass, so that's one. X2, X-Men Last Stand, X-Men Origins, X-Men First Class, that's two. The Wolverine, Days of Future Past, eh, we'll give, we'll give it to him. Deadpool, yeah, we'll give it to him. X-Men Apocalypse, Logan, of course. Deadpool 2, Dark Phoenix, The New Mutants. <laughs> so, um, you, you, gave a, you gave a raspberry to X2, and X2 is the only movie that I like that humanity agrees with me on. Um, every other movie I've been wrong about. So I'm I'm so surprised that you don't like X2 by um gosh, I'm not gonna remember the director's name, but uh Brian Singer. Yeah, Brian Singer was told that like he he nailed it, he saved the series, so on and so forth. Mike, it's that exact reason why it gets a raspberry from me. Because it raised our expectations so high, and then mm-hmm. we got X three. Okay, so you're you're saying that uh X2's only sin was making us want more X-Men. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's X2's fault that we have a whole decade of terrible X-Men movies. That it, I, can, I can get behind. Yep. It created a false narrative <laughs> mm-hmm. that we could create a movie, a franchise that could be profitable. Yeah. And, you know... To be fair, of the the two kind of superhero movies that came out in the 2000s that turned into trilogies, Spider-Man and X-Men, you know, the second movie was definitely the best, but because mm-hmm. the second one was so good, we got a stinker of a third in the trilogy, and I blame though the blame solely falls on those two movies. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a whole long story about how, you know, losing Cyclops um <laughs> Losing Cyclops <laughs> so he could be in a Superman movie where he's not even an official canon character. Right. Um, that kind of ruined it. You know, plus all these other things that, uh, you know, the curse that they can never make a good Phoenix, Dark Phoenix story um, c- continues. And I'm, I think Disney is going to give up trying, as they should. Um, yeah. Well, it seems like I don't know. I, they're they're kind of, you know, coming a uh, they're they're turning a corner. Um, you know, with some of the some of the ones that are coming out. I don't know. I I hope to live to see the day when, you know, an X Men movie is good, but consistently. But I mean, uh, some of the shows were okay, like on Freeform, Cloak and Dagger, which are technically X Men. True. Uh, they weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Yep. Um, uh, the Gifted. Yeah, was that's... a Fox series, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to see your point about there being more shows about the X-Men than there are X-Men. Right. Um, Gifted was really good and um, used a lot of good, um, like, indie characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot out there. Um, and, you know, you, <laughs> it's really tough to, to put your... 
you had to put your finger on something, you know, like you, you start talking about one thing and then you're like, are we talking about Wolverine and the X-Men or are we talking about Legion, which was also pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. or are we talking about Runaways or are we talking about, you know, Cloak <laughs> and Dagger? Like, what are we actually talking yeah. about here? And that's the thing about X-Men. It's not so much a family anymore as it is a, a D&D class type. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah, and, you know, for every, you know, for every Legion, you know, you're going to get an Inhumans. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's tough out here. Yeah. Um, Inhumans is just mutants, but with more alien DNA thrown in. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> amen to that. So, um, Black Bolt is also such a great character, but when you think about it, the fact that he can't talk means that for the medium of television, he's a terrible character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, man. He's not a, they don't quote him in any IMDb pages, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, and then, uh, my last point is, um, uh, this might be a little controversial, but, man, Magneto is just right. I mean, he's, you know, he dresses cooler than Professor X, um, <laughs> his, his name for his group is cooler than Professor X. Yes. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he... He's just right, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I'm being blinded by how cool he looks and how desperately Probably. I want a cape that can flap in the wind like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, his his mutant power is better than Xavier's. Um, his helmet is way cooler than Xavier's. Um, heck, I mean, even the way that he fights people is cooler. Like, he... In that uh, Days of Future, no, uh, the first one, First Class, when he yep. kills the dude with the coin. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, he just drips coolness. And, you know, I'm a sucker for a bad guy in a cape. Looking at you, Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if I'm so easily seduced to the dark side in your comic book arc, what are you really doing to the heroes, man? You gotta make the heroes cooler. Yeah. Like, like, I don't want a, a German priest that can teleport. I want a dude that looks like a toad. <laughs> yes. Well. What? Some African princess that can control the storms? Yeah, no thanks. Give me a lady that's also blue and can transform into anybody. Right. Give me what? a 7,000-pound a man who can't <laughs> right, right. What? <laughs> What, I don't want some adorable high school girl with a dragon for a pet. No, give me a giant 7,000-pound man named The Blob. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why oh, do man. I want an amnesiac man with claws that come out of his hands when I can have a non-amnesiac man with claws on his hands? And a lot more body hair. And a lot more body hair. Yes. Um, as a side note, when I first saw Wolverine, I was like, oh, that's a weird thing that he has on his head for, like, it looks like antennas. And then mm -hmm. when they revealed what his hair looks like, I was like, wait, did they make sheaths for his <laughs> hair? <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, one, of, one of my favorite jokes is um, 
So there's this commentary you can play over X2. Right. And um, the commentary people who are based off of the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 group. Right. Um, they're saying, oh, Wolverine. So, uh, you know, he he uh, makes holes in the earth and puts his food there. Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, so, uh, he, you know, he's 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 a natural vegetarian and, uh, you know, does that. <laughs> oh, so you know, he's from this part of Australia. Nope. <laughs> so, Wolverine is just a horrible name. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. His his name should just be Slash Cat. <laughs> oh man, oh that's so great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Sabretooth is such a cool name. Yes. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, like freaking Logan gets Wolverine. Like what? <laughs> right. I don't think I've ever seen a Wolverine in real life, and if I have, I probably mistook it for a badger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's pretty much a little bit more aggressive woodchuck. <laughs> I think. So. <laughs> um, and I mean, the best part about uh, the Brotherhood of of Mutants is that they get their own island called Genosha, and it's right. it's great. They you know you know the the X Men they have they only get to live in this one little tiny mansion. Yeah, mansions are for the poor. Mansions are for the poor. Islands are where it's at. Just ask Doctor Doom and Magneto. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, if I had the option of being a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or a hero, a hundred times out of a hundred, I would be a villain. Don't at me. <laughs> Change my mind. Change my mind. They yeah. get gauntlets and uh, power suits that look like knights' armors and sweet capes and. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to, you know, fly around and say cool things and blow stuff up and not get in trouble for it. And the healthcare. Oh, the healthcare. Amazing. Premium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the third and final point is I think you sympathize with the bad guys a little too much in X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An- another point uh, is that the. You know, there's no punishment for when they capture um, Magneto. And the third movie, after he creates genocide, (laughs) (laughs) but he loses his powers. Right. um, The world says, well, he lost his powers. I think he learned his lesson. (laughs) Right, right. Because the next day, he's just sitting in a park playing chess. (laughs) Probably not feeling bad for what he's did. <laughs> so in Marvel, um, losing your powers is worse than the death penalty. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I guess at the end of the day, Marvel villains, there's no real consequence to their actions. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. The only way to get eliminated is to get killed by Thanos. <laughs> and even Thanos, when he dies at the beginning of Endgame spoilers, um, mm-hmm. he still shows up for the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At least if you're in the DC universe and you get captured, you at least get some fresh air by being in the Suicide Squad. Right. So, you know, <laughs> um, there's balances, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, those are the three reasons why X-Men might not be as good as you think it is. Yeah. You know what the best X-Men series is going to be? Hmm. Uh, Wanda and the Vision. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Hands down, it's probably going to be the only redeemable X-Men series. Um, Right? Yep. Um. You know what's what's crazy? Speaking of WandaVision, is that they had those accents when they first appear? I think in like Winter Soldier, and then yeah. they're like, mm, Elizabeth Olsen can't really do that accent too well. Let's just drop it. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody I mean, will notice. We we had to kill the other guy because his his accent <laughs> was horrible. So egregious. <laughs> you know, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just we'll just keep it out of the script. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So so Adam, I think That's me. um we should just end on you know, I had this whole fun script, but I think that's just gonna ruin our flow and energy. So let's just end on our imaginations running with Umbrella Academy and whatever um, you had in mind. Perfect. Um so a hallmark of um X-Men is how integral they are to so many uh, comic book crossovers. Yes. Um, you know, from, you know, Civil War to um, to Secret War to, you know, both both Secret Wars, um, you know, to, to the Infinity Gauntlet saga, uh, Age uh, of Apocalypse. Hulk, Hulk invaded the Earth and right. they stopped him for like five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, fa- the Fall of Mutants, House of M, Secret Invasion, um, yeah, the the X Men are always um, at the heart of it, um, and you know even even making crossovers into you know other um, other TV shows, and movies, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my question for you is, um, where and how would you want? Umbrella Academy characters to cross over into other media. Uh, so this this is the golden question that uh, yeah this ends all debates. Yeah, I, I figured you'd love it. Yeah. So I really think that this family meeting up with the Fantastic Four family would make like a great adventure. Okay. Okay. You know, because Fantastic Four, they all bond over science, and for some <laughs> reason, they think, um, yeah, Mr. Fantastic is, you know, worth following in all his crazy inventions. Right. And for some reason, they would need the Umbrella Kids, and uh, they'd, they'd get together in this wacky hijinks, and just, uh, just the dynamic of uh, Mr. Fantastic trying to convince these, um, He's just broken in like sassy, sassy uh, young adults to follow him into some wacky science adventure would just be great. <laughs> no, I love that. I think I think mm-hmm. that's great. Um, and I know that I, I I sprung the question on you, and you didn't get a you know a ton of time to think about it. But mm-hmm. um, I have a I have a suggestion that um, I think that you might appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, yeah, so. Um, are you familiar with a little DC show called Titans? Love them. Um, like I, I feel like Umbrella Academy uh, would fit right at home in that show. 
Um, same thing with Doom Patrol. As much right. as, as X-Men, uh, or sorry, as much as if they were to cross over with Fantastic Four, like you were saying, not X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I know. I just think that in Titans, you just got the whole kind of like moody, coming-of-age young adults, you know, dealing with bad uh-huh. fathers and, uh, right. <laughs> and right. you know, just overbearing, um, you know, just, you know, systems above them and you know secret cabals and mm-hmm. um no i i think um I, I think that that would be awesome what do you think mike yeah yeah that 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 goes together peanut butter and jelly um i'm actually wondering like who would they annoy the most <laughs> like what superhero would just try to get his job done but they would just you know interfere Right. Uh, well, I'm I'm thinking Doctor Strange. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, this, they would they would just mansion. conflict so hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think it works because you know he's you know the greatest magician of the multiverse, and mm-hmm. um you know they they're I'm sure their paths they have to cross, right? Right. Um, right. The thing would be um, number five, who can zip in out of time and to different places. Right. He would just be arguing with Doctor Strange on what's really going to happen in the future. And they'd be like, no, I saw it this way. And like Doctor Strange would be like, I saw a million different. Yes, but you didn't see mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, they, yeah. they both think that they're like the, uh, the smartest man in the, in the room, yeah. you know? So they, uh, they would undoubtedly um, conflict on yeah. many things. Um, I uh, I would also love to see uh, the interaction between uh, Klaus and uh, Deadpool. I feel like yes. they would get on really, really well. I think uh, I think he'd be yeah. right at home on X Force. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be really funny. The thing, yeah, the thing about it is, like Klaus has a really cool power that you see once or twice where he can bring the dead back to fight. Right. And they don't use it at all. And I don't know if that's the most genius writing idea ever. (laughs) Right. Or uh, totally holding back on us. Right. It's it's kind of like uh, Cyclops and his leadership. You know it's there, (laughs) but you don't see it. (laughs) Right. Right. Um. Uh, that's great. Um, I I also think that uh, Luther would get on um super well with Robin in Titans. I feel like they got similar things going on. Right. Yeah. And you definitely know the Solomon Grundy would be in a fist battle with him. Oh, a hundred percent. That would be yeah. super awesome. Um, another offering I have for you. I mean, obviously they're all numbered, but specifically number five. I would love for him to cross over somehow into the movie number nine. Yes. You know what I'm talking about with that little. Well, with Are you talking about with Ryan Reynolds? No, no, no. Uh, oh. Nine. Uh, with, oh, uh, oh the, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah Ryan yeah, Reynolds yeah. was in a movie called the number nine, but oh, there's no. also a movie called nine. Yeah. Just nine. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, has Elijah Wood and some other people. Um, but 
I, I just felt like the the numbers kind of uh, fit together. Yeah. Also, you know, kind of like a, the post-apocalyptic, yep. um, you know, comrades in arms sort of thing. I, I feel like they would go together, including the art direction. I don't know, yeah. just a thought. I would love to see uh, a story where Tony Stark switches places with number five. And number mm-hmm. five leads the Avengers, and Tony Stark tries to help uh, the Hargreaves family with their coming apocalypse. Right, right. No, that would be that would be fascinating. I mean, I mm-hmm. see when you said Robert or <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. When you said Iron Man, I just thought Robert Downey Jr. So I just thought Robert Downey Jr. was going to that universe. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it's it's not even Iron Man; it's just <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. I would just like to see Luther and Mark Ruffalo just sit down to tea. Right. I feel like they would have so much in common. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great. I I love that. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, last but not least, um, uh, you know, I I always got to bring up um this this part of the uh the Imagineering. And it's probably my favorite question that I get to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at uh, at Universal Studios, there's a um, <laughs> there's a teacup ride that's <laughs> themed around <laughs> that's themed around Storm. <laughs> Whoa! First of all, there is. Second um, of all, teacups and Storm. I'd never thought those two words would be together in the same sentence. <laughs> um, hold on, I just had it pulled up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lost the page, um, but it's called <laughs> so. The, so the ride is called Storm Force Acceleration. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's a teacup ride located in the Island of Adventure theme park in Orlando, yeah, uh, the Universal Orlando Resort. Um, and uh, the premise of the attraction is that Magneto uh, is threatening the world, and Storm, just Storm and Professor X. Recruit riders into the Storm Force Acceleration Ride. Wow! And they—it's like a, a device that they hope will uh, stop uh, Magneto. Um, that's and a bigger, that's a bigger stretch than the Simpsons ride. Yep. So, um, so the ride. So, like, you sit down, and then there's like a bit of a video, and they explain what happens. They give you instructions on how to use the accelerons. And then um, you just turn your vehicle around as fast as possible. <laughs> and that's the ride. Right? Oh, just my gosh. in circles on a track. <laughs> and then oh. there's sound effects simulating lightning and thunder. Did, um, they, did they make this after the Spider-Man ride? Um, I'm not sure. This came out in 2000. So mm-hmm. I don't know when the Spider-Man ride yeah. happened. Um, like a Doctor Doom ride where I'm pretty sure you just get in a metal box and Doctor Doom hits you with a hammer. <laughs> That's great. Um, the Spider-Man ride came out in '99, so it came out a year after. Oh, or yeah, '99. I knew it felt a little dated when I was on it. Um. So, uh, Michael, uh, my question is this: If you're gonna build a ride at Universal Studios. Um, which honestly should have been our first episode of Bottom Shelf Dreams Universal Studios versus Disneyland. Um, yes. <laughs> a grave mistake in our part. Um, yes. But uh, if you're if you were to design a Umbrella Academy themed ride 
at Universal Studios, what would you make? Um, well, it's going to be one ride. Okay. But each, like, it's kind of, it's, so it's, it's like a roller coaster. Of course, of course. Um, you know, it moves around in fun places, but each cart is based on a character's, Ooh. um, like personality. Okay. So, you know, Klaus, his probably goes the slowest. <laughs> But it just insults you while you sit there and, right. um, you know, makes fun of the ride. Right. Um, Luther's is probably the one that just, like, drops from high heights and slams into as many things as possible. Right, right. Um, I think number fives is just um, you watch a video of of History Channel. <laughs> I was gonna say um, it goes on the ride backwards. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, you go. It goes backwards, and then um, you show up in a different part of the park. <laughs> um, and it just dumps you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allison is. I think you just listened to Adele's "Rumor Has It." <laughs> it's over and over again. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, and. <laughs> And of course, Vanya is, um, it's, it's a great, uh, orchestra. Um, right. You get to hear her violin solo and then she kills you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And then, um, father is the one that's kind of giving everyone instructions to get on the ride. And it yep. just yells at you and humiliates you the entire yep. time. Yep, and you, your your thing always does the opposite of what he says. So, <laughs> right, right, and and don't forget Ben, Ben, um, or uh, no, I think Diego. Yeah, Diego. Diego's is just a room filled with uh, vigilante comic books. <laughs> That's it. There's no ride. You just walk into the room and read comic books. Yep, pretty much a but library. Yeah. Right, but it, you only get like a minute thirty seconds to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's yeah. great. That sounds like exactly what Universal Studios would do. Yep. Judging mm-hmm. by the X Men ride. <laughs> yes. Um, the minute I heard that Universal had a ride like that, I knew I had to include it. It's it's probably the worst superhero themed ride i've ever heard of yeah you know that just feels like someone bought the used teacups from uh wonderland right and put up a few cardboard cutouts uh got a voiceover and voila (laughs) if if that isn't universal studios mo i don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty well current oh my gosh Maybe I should save this for the Universal Studios uh, episode. Maybe that'll be our grand finale. Like when we're we're all done with podcasting and like <laughs> that'll be our final, final yeah. episode. And we're we're doing the podcast from the Despicable Me ride. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Yeah, so uh yeah, that was a great a great finale. Unless you have anything more, I think we've used up enough of our our guest time. Yeah, I think we I think we we hit the nail on the head there, Mike. I think that was a good way to end it. Yep, and I th- I think we can all agree that everyone mentioned here is better than Deadpool. Yeah, man. I mean, Deadpool has become such a trope now, and uh, you know, as 
as funny and as great of a character he is, it, he's kind of gotten to the same point as Harley Quinn, where it's just like, haha, look at me, I'm quirky. Right. Deadpool has become like that t-shirt shop in the middle of the mall that just takes like famous logos and works the word weed into them. <laughs> like, here's the weed-shaped Buffalo Bills. Weed-shaped <laughs> Superman. <laughs> That's Deadpool. Right, right. You walk by and you're like, hmm, that looks kind of funny. But... <laughs> I'm so, over it. <laughs> but the minute you walk past it, you've already forgotten. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, what a, what a show. What a, uh, what a comparison. And, and honestly, I, I think of... Uh, of all the ones that we've we've talked about so far, I, I feel like this is among the ones that are uh, closer than you would think, and um, where both products are are when they're great, they're really really great, and in terms of X Men, when they're bad, they're really really bad. Right, you can't have it both ways. Amen to that. So yeah, definitely give Umbrella Academy a try. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of seasons available out there for you and, um, yeah, definitely, definitely go for it, especially with, you know, the office leaving and, you know, Parks and Rec leaving and, you know, a bunch of shows leaving Netflix, you know, go enjoy it, go enjoy Umbrella Academy, especially if you, you're really craving that superhero experience, but you don't want to leave feeling depressed after watching Watchmen or. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to. Take a shower after watching The Boys. Yeah, if your mom won't let you watch The Boys because of nudity, go to Umbrella Academy. Right. And uh, she'll enjoy people that have human heads and monkey arms. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. Well, I think think we we have another... um, Hall of Fame for our bottom shelf. We can put uh, Umbrella Academy right there. Amen right to next, that. Right next to Jackie Chan Adventures and right and the, yeah, the Black Hole. <laughs> yeah, and Black Hole. So you know, thank you for joining us. If you made it this far, please subscribe, review us, tell us how we're doing. Um, try to contact us. We'll read your review. Mm. And. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. love you very much. We love you, and you know, keep keep your eyes on the bottom shelf. Amen. You'll find something in the bargain bin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>